0: What's up you guys? Byron Rogers here for another episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle. Uh we got uh George Grant here with us today. How you doing, George? I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm hanging. Uh all that stuff. But we have a topic which I think is pretty awesome that we're gonna talk about. Um and it's one that I think uh you know, when you think about executive protection, you're not thinking about this very topic being something that can literally instantaneously set you on a trajectory for success or failure with a client. And that topic is style, style IQ, you know, uh, how you present, how you look to the client. Um, so I'm excited, man. So real quick, if you're just going to like from the hip, why is style an important? component for success in the executive protection industry george well style
1: is the first way that you communicate who you are and what you're about i mean uh if you see somebody 30 seconds after you uh after you see them you're talking to them interacting with them and everything but that first moment that you see them you're starting to make judgments about do they take care of themselves are they uh you know are they doing all the things they should be doing behind the scenes and you bring that forward with you and your first interaction
0: yeah i agree 100 percent. and then it's like yo if this is the way this person pays attention to detail, takes care of themselves, their standard, they walked out the house like this, how are they gonna take care of me, my client, me me as a client, my client as a company owner, you know, and or whatever to give them as a detail leader. So yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's lights out very important and i've I've been on details with dudes who are way more uh, tactically qualified than me in fact, the more tactically qualified the dudes are, sometimes the harder time they have with it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I was, was going to bring
1: that up. I was going to bring that up. That's one of those things that uh, when you have people who, who dress or, or bring themselves for the, the tactical situation first, I mean, that doesn't translate very well when you're trying to go from you know, venue to venue with your different clients that have different lifestyles and personalities in different sectors. I mean, that, that tactical sort of uh, look and everything, it only goes so far and in certain environments
0: yeah it's a narrow thing like you have to be at that venue like you have to be doing that work otherwise yeah. you are you want zebra in idaho <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you get my egg cal drone episode out for that tijuana zebra thing but uh, yeah man, um also real quick if y'all missed the symposium it was awesome uh it was amazing, and we have the replay up on the site. uh by the time you guys are seeing this, so check out my website. Shameless plug for me, <laughs> ByronRogers.com. It's your platform. Get the replay of the Protector Symposium. What was that? I said it's your platform. You got it. I know. I get to do that, huh? That's what's up. <laughs> um, Okay. And, yeah, no. George was recommended to me by a number of big guys in the industry to be someone to talk on this, on this subject, on this topic. So I'm excited to really get into it. Um, So the first question i like to kick it off with, who are are you at your core, brother?
1: Who am I at my core? Um, Okay, so I'm a realist. I'm a realist that looks at different situations um, and tries to be practical about it, you know, um, as far as style goes, it's one of those things that I learned very early on that your style can make or break you in a lot of situations. When it comes to uh, professionally, you know, working with teams and everything like that, I mean, I try to be real about what the what the result's going to be and thread that through everything else. You know, um, people oftentimes like to sugarcoat stuff, beat around the bush, or whatever, and that doesn't that doesn't work. That doesn't bring the results you need
0: awesome so you're a realist you're like shoot me straight uh that's interesting and that really can uh I mean I see a relationship you have dealt with both being black and being tactical uh I've seen kind of congruent and I've seen it hold people back so like growing up like, as a black dude, I had my sister who was from Buffalo, New York. And she was like, ain't nobody going to make not, you know, be who I am. And like, she was like ultra hood about everything. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be addressed. But then I get my buddies who, like, are coming back from overseas. And they're, like, rocking their favorite 5'11", whatever. They're, you know, overseas stuff. And uh, they're like, this is just how I dress, bro. And I'm like, that's cool. I just can't put you with, like. Hmm, 70% of the clients in like a domestic in Conus venue. Yeah, you know I mean yeah. um so I think a lot of those that mentality can survive if someone's just not being realistic about what it takes to yeah. win with other humans.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's funny you mentioned the uh guys coming back from uh like overseas and whatnot. Yeah. And uh so overseas it, it was easy if you had like a uh a diplomat that was coming in and you needed to put on a, a sport coat or whatever you toss it on. And, and that's, that's that the style really didn't matter. Uh, I literally had to uh, take a guy off venue one time because he was wearing five eleven cargo pants and just toss a blazer on. He's like, Oh no, I'm I'm good. I'm like, no, no, man, you're, you're not. It was, it wasn't even the, uh, the internal pocket ones. It was the external pocket cargo pants. I'm like <laughs> it's, it, do, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in this environment.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're like belligerently not okay, bro. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Like, I get it, but this is the wrong venue. That age is, yeah. is, is things have changed. Yeah. Uh, especially now where everyone likes a softer side of Sears, man. You, you know, like, you got a PC game, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, so how did you get into doing what you're doing, brother? Um, well, on the on the EP side, um, mm-hmm. started
1: out in the Marine Corps. I uh, enlisted and did not even know uh, what the infantry was until I was going to MEPS. Uh, then the uh, the recruiter comes out, I, I I know, I just thought all Marines were infantry. I just thought it was like, you
0: yeah, know. it's normal for civilians to think that. So it's, like, it's like what everyone thinks. Actually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so so I get there, I get there and the recruiter sees my my clean background and, you know, I don't, I didn't drink or anything like that. And he mm. immediately shoved me towards Yankee White, which is uh, like mm. a presidential support. Um, so I ended up going to DC. I worked with the, uh, the Bush administration in the uh, White House military office for about three years. Uh, rolled out from there and spent about the next four years in Iraq, um, either as a marine, <laughs> with the or or, co- or or contracting. Um, after that, man, uh, <laughs> while I was over there, I saw a Craigslist ad for this uh, okay. this Danish company. They they had an EP uh, job posting up there, and it, it looked shady. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there and see how this works out. Um, yeah. I, I genuinely thought it was a scam at the time. Uh, but then I, I applied, forgot about it. Uh, ended up getting called back. Started working with AS Solution uh, in 2012 or 13. Wow! And, and it was and and the Craigslist thing just kind of speaks to how how large or small I suppose the the company was oh. at the time. They were like fired that out there in 2010, 2011 of of uh, you know who's out there. And um, I mean, it was so small at the time that I thought it was a scam. That all their websites went back to Denmark. Um, as I, as I got into the industry on the state side, I started learning like, whoa, this is, this is a hitter. And I, I've been with AS for the last, uh, nearly seven years now.
0: Outstanding, man. How are you feeling about your career with AS?
1: Great, man. Um, I'm not I,
0: say anything bad on here.
1: Well, <laughs> I, I, I know I can't, but at the same time, it's one of those, uh, I've, I've had opportunities that I don't think that I would have in any other organization, uh, for a short while there probably about a year I was in the recruiting department huh. um, and I was I was working with people coming into the company or just people around the industry and one of our one of our sales pitches uh, is that you have in our company direct access to the CEO if you chose to if you if you decided as an employee just to email the CEO of the com- company Christian West you're gonna get a response back um, he's probably going to direct you in the right direction to to help you out but It's one of those family, uh, it's a company that's more like a family and they, we treat it across the board like that. I mean, everybody connects with everybody pretty easily and you can actually toss ideas out there and they'll get responded to. I mean, it's, you don't see that in a lot of companies.
0: No, you don't, man. So like, it's kind of one of those, like everybody matters kind of places. You know, it's oh, like absolutely. even the smallest guy on the totem pole can like say something. It's a round table kind of thing. I dig that. That's what's up. That's what's up. And
1: and that's that's the way I went from EP to recruiting to operations management. I mean, you 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 know end up getting opportunities here and there, and you, you choose to take them, you choose not to, or whatever. But it put me into a, a interesting sort of niche where I had the opportunity as an operator to work directly with HR, to work directly with uh, those other aspects. So it's unique in that in that
0: way. Yeah, I kind of like, cause I've always been private, you know, out on my own kind of, and I've always, um, I'm really glad that these companies like ass exist where like you can get off the streets you can do something other than just like, there's like upward mobility all of a sudden there's like packages yeah. and health benefits. And like, you know, like, it's like an actual bit like business. You're not just like a, yeah. you're not just like a domestic security contractor. <laughs> you don't have to be, if you don't want to be, you know?
1: Well, I mean, I, I spent a long time as a number, you know, and, yeah. and when you get, yeah. when you get out of that mindset of, Oh, I'm not just a number, right. You know, I have different opportunities in the company that I'm with, not that just the detail or the gig or whatever. It's like, right a large organization. I mean, I think we have, you know, five, 600 employees at this point. And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge for an EP company.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm like, it's an exciting time for private security, rabbit hole. yeah. (laughs) so that's what this is all about. This whole format for me, I'm like, really rabbit hole it up, I don't even care. Um, What would you say is your mission? My mission? Right Um, now, yeah. You know, I honestly,
1: I've uh, benefited greatly from mentorship. Um, so in, in recent sort of, you know, recent developments and stuff like that, I'm working more and more towards being that person on the mentor side and trying to work towards building mentorship programs and, um, and working with people coming into the industry, work with younger folks uh, that are trying to, you know, swim their way up this, uh, this not yet crowded, but still full stream.
0: Mm -hmm. I dig that man. Mentorship's big. It's huge yeah uh, i'm only i only survived my first detail because of mentorship because like the right people were like hey come here and then I was <laughs> home, I to listen to' them and just you know hey, keep that cup half half empty man uh, yeah. when it comes to protection, you know why do you do why did you you know why do you do this stuff uh you know i
1: have a uh i have a couple different sources on that one. Uh, uh-huh. There's this uh, this poker player, Annie Duke. She, uh, you know, world famous. I, I don't know if she ever won the World Series or not, but anyway, she's in that crowd. And she always talks about how the, um, the sum of your life is essentially your, the quality of your decisions uh-huh. times your, the probability of the outcome. And uh-huh. I, I started looking at that. I'm like, okay, so make quality decisions pretty frequently and, you know, things kind of work out. So I started down that path and then I started listening to Mike Rowe who he basically says, forget your passion, forget the concept of, of your purpose and passion and everything and just start doing work, do work. Okay. And when you start doing more work, hard work, uh, your passion will come. And that's kind of what I did. I got out of the Marine Corps. I started doing doing work that I could do. It was the beginning of the recession. You know, there was no, really no jobs out there. I started contracting. Um, and then once I started building from there, I was like, th- "There's a career in this. This isn't just like a a two year gig that I'm going to go over here and try to get this cash grab. I'm yeah. going to keep on, you know, working." So, so my why is primarily based on opportunities and and moving forward in an industry that I've kind of uh, embedded myself into.
0: Awesome. Awesome. No, I, I completely understand that. And it's beautiful. That's like, you don't gotta be in a desk. Like when you, like all the time, you know, you get to travel around, you get to move around. And like, I don't know when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, I was just scared of being in a desk. Like I was like, (laughs) I got to do something, you know, I'm not going to go from Iraq freaking, you know, dopamine daily to just being stuck (laughs) in like anything resembling what people seem to be doing. Um, what was that formula again? Quality of your life equals the quality of your decisions plus
1: yeah, so the quality of your decisions times uh, the probability of the outcome. so I mean, you always have yeah, that luck yeah, yeah. luck is is genuinely um, what's the probability of the you know positive or negative outcome, whatever it is. You make quality decisions, and you still
0: have to factor in that luck part. Nice. I like that and the line then you find out the truth yeah, then, then, you, then then you find it you find you
1: find it and then you make more quality decisions either good or bad quality mm-hmm. decisions and then they might go well they might go bad but either way you keep on driving forward with that and eventually start making good hits
0: dude i love that cuz progress equals happiness and then you and then you find out that like you know the harder I work and the more high quality decisions I make, the luckier I get, <laughs> you about know? That? it's know, weird, you know, like is there a welfare program for that? Anyway, <laughs> um, I, uh, that's what's up, man. Um, we kind of touched on this, but do you want to say anything else about your tactical background or any of that? I mean,
1: the, the thing is to always have it in your pocket, you know, uh, mm-hmm. those things should never go away. I mean, they're, peri- they're all perishable. So keeping that edge mm-hmm. sharp, um, and yeah. also recognizing the world that we're in is not necessarily that tactical world. So keeping that edge sharp, sharp, and in your pocket, and whipping it out when you need to.
0: Yeah, I think now the tactical way to approach the tactical equation is just morphed. Like it's like, yeah, cool, dude, have your hard skills, but like if you're not socially tactful and tactical, you're gonna freaking die. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, so like part of the that when I get a dude on a detail, when I try to arm him for success most of the skills and conversation is geared towards hey socially this is how you this is what you need to do culturally this is how you need to gain equity uh this is what the client likes is what, you know what i mean like the tactics yeah. for success and executive protection are um they real right now they're soft skill centric and it's not making them less important because like your survivability of the game kind of hinges on it <laughs> you know which is where well, we have this conversation yeah i
1: mean it's it's funny because you think about as a detail lead as a manager or whatever yeah. How many times have you talked to your guys about, Hey, when you went hands on with this dude, you did this and this, and you should have fixed mm-hmm. this and both very few. How many times mm-hmm. did you, you know, co- coach your guys on like, Hey, when you approach this situation, make sure you do blah, 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 or, yeah. or come around this angle um, yeah. you know, socially rather than physically. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's more often than not, you're, you're needing to coach the guys in the industry and the ladies in the industry, obviously uh, to approach situations socially better rather than, you know,
0: Tactically. physically better right exactly uh time to whip it on it's time to whip it on you know what i'm saying yep. uh what made you notice style that we get into the style stuff you know what i'm saying what made you notice the style first you know what needed, what opened your eyes
1: i needed to buy a suit
0: oh yeah <laughs> I, was,
1: I, was, I, was, I was overseas i was overseas and i needed to buy a suit and i was looking around and i realized i didn't know anything about a suit or about just yep. in general how they fit or, or whatever and I found this uh, this guy. His name is Antonio Centeno. He has a uh, a website called Real Men Real Style. He's a uh, okay, former okay. Marine Infantry officer, and he built a custom clothier company where he built custom suits uh, around the world. So huh. I started read. I started watching his videos. I started reading his uh, his uh, blogs and stuff like that. And the more I well, the more I read, the more I realized I didn't really know. I mean, you get a nice suit, okay, cool, but now you have to have shoes that go with it, and there's all these. A whole world of stuff about shoes behind there and then you start looking at belts and then I, you know I'm a short guy I'm five six so I started needing to consider like what kind of suit what silhouette do I need to have uh, how should the shoulders be built up or should I go single double breasted or, or what? so I started going down these rabbit holes in in style and realizing that there's a whole world out there and everything everything counts everything matters in some form or fashion and depending on where you're at People notice, um, I mean, people always notice your style, but people notice what it is that you're wearing. If you're wearing a a cheap fused suit uh, and you're around one of your clients, they're going to look over and know that you got that at Sears, you know. You said a cheap fused suit? Fused suit, yeah. So um, the construction Okay. the construction well, yeah, you, of
0: the suit this little bit okay. <laughs>
1: okay. okay break it down a little bit man so so when you when you go on the the lower end suits um let's say I, I won't name the company but it's one of those buy one get three free type suits uh mm-hmm. bouncer suits these are suits
0: i would use for when i'm bouncing like yeah. after a few nights i was like i'm never wearing a nice suit again <laughs> all these people in the dark again is suits i don't mind tearing to pieces <laughs> yep. So,
1: so what they do is they fuse the, uh, the layers of the suit together with glue. Now now they're, they're doing a lot better with it. So they, they still look clean, but they fuse them together rather than actually stitching the different layers of the, of the suit together. So when you get into like a, let's say a $200 suit or something like that, it's probably fused. If you get it from a nice place, like J.Crew has fused suits, but they're, they're pretty well made. Um, um, you know, that's going to be two, three, $400, something like that. When you start getting into the, uh, like a, like a Nordstrom, uh, suit, I'll, I'll leave a lot of brands out of it, but yeah. you, you go to Nordstrom, you're going to get a lot more, uh, well-crafted suits, like actually hand sewn in, in some places, uh, you know, around the, the sleeves or, or whatever, because they, they have to, in order to have that quality of the suit.
0: Wow because I uh I would see dudes with these like wrinkled sweat bubbles that would pop up in their yeah. suits yep. and I remember being like what the heck is that I was like I think they I remember trying to figure it out I'm like I think they like little glue sticky these layers together because yep. the the sweat bubbles start coming after like a hot day like if you're working overseas it, That's interesting I didn't know that man and yeah. it all says something about you So if you were going to say picking out a suit 101 we got ABCs of picking out a suit in here in the questions. Maybe we just hit this now. Yeah, yeah ABCs of picking out a suit while we're on it.
1: Okay, so the first thing, um, th- there's three general styles that you're going to see in the states. You're going to see American, you're going to see Italian, and you're going to see English. Um, now, these are these have to do the silhouette of the shoulders. They have to do the silhouette of the body. Um, the The Italian ones are going to be super thin. That's just kind of how they roll. They have uh, minimal padding in the shoulders. They're going to be really thin around through the body and in the back. They're not going to have a vent so it's just going to be a clean uh clean bottom of your of
0: your suit jacket all the way around so no like pleats or vent or anything right right
1: okay so when you go to a um let's say a, a, an english suit english are typically going to have wider lapels they're going to have a lot more built up in the shoulders it's going to be a real like classic historical uh suit that you would see i mean closer to resembling like uh in the 30s or or, or whatever it, they're not really accentuated the same way, but you're still going to see a lot of those, um, you know, one of those old throwbacks about the the shoulders and and as well as the the lapel. So it's going to have a little bit more on the body Um, and they will have either one or two vents in the back. So either the split Hmm. vents or or just the one straight down the middle.
0: So that's kind of like on America for the most, I feel like that looks a lot like what I would call an American suit, mafia-ish, a lot of, kind of baggier, you know, kind of like, just straight, you know, kind of suit. So,
1: so then when you get to the States, um, the American style, American cut is going to be, uh, it's going to have some buildup in the shoulder. It's going to have a, a, a medium uh, lapel uh, on, the, on the front there, but we will oftentimes have two vents in the back. You'll see, mm-hmm. so it'll be flat in the, in the rear, and then you'll have of two sort of side panels there. Um, also, pro tip, that's going to be the best one for if you carry. So if you carry, you're going to want two vents in the back because it's gonna it's gonna hold the uh, the rest of the garment to to fall flat rather than mm-hmm. if you have a single vent in the
0: back it's gonna just kind of pull the whole jacket in one direction yeah, that's solid gouge heck yeah, good to go and then italian suits uh, italian like suits so, cutter.
1: yeah, so that's the one that has the uh the just the straight um no vent in the back those are gonna be super super thin uh in the silhouette at least through the body and in the shoulders uh, very little fabric extra fabric in the arms. Ah, uh, Byron. You probably couldn't wear Italian an <laughs> Italian silhouette. Be putting that thing out, just trying to, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. tie.
0: <laughs> That's what's up. Nah, thank you, man. The suit game is there's a lot to it. So, all right. So we're picking out a suit. Okay. Any kind of more? Which ones would be more professional? Which one would be more casual? Uh, buttons, you know. Buttons. So I'm I'm going to say two buttons. Uh, if you're if you're buying your first suit,
1: um, first of all. All the things that I'm going to say is going to be for your first suit. First suit's going to be your your sort of baseline and all the rest of them, you can get kind of crazy with it and everything. But I would say for your first one, go two buttons and only ever button the top button. I mean, sometimes you don't even need to do that, but only top button, the top button, leave the bottom one open. It's just, it's basically just there for, for style. Um, huh. go, with, go with a navy. Don't go too light with it. You don't want it to be real, real blue. Go with like a navy solid, uh, something that's going to have you know uh, a medium amount of uh, padding in the shoulders but you don't want to build it up uh, depending on your body type um, and I'll, I'll go into body types in a minute um, another thing I would say is on the front of your trousers no pleats so there was a there was a thing for a long time where pleats were kind of the, the you know the, the way to go um, I would say a flat front no pleat and when you have your single crease that goes down to the bottom um, it, it varies if you have a flat front, go with uh no cuff on the bottom but if you have pleats it's appropriate to have a cuff on the bottom it's okay. just kind of a you know a throwback yeah. sort of style thing that uh, that's always persisted though Hmm. interesting another thing that will absolutely destroy the first suit that you buy is if it has functioning buttonholes in the in the sleeve so avoid hmm. the functioning buttonholes you can get those added on for like twenty dollars later if you want them but mm-hmm. when you have the functioning buttonholes, that means that you only have so much space that you can actually uh, tailor your, your jacket up or down. So once they're there, they're there. So after you have it tailored, if you want to have functional buttonholes, just have the tailor, add them on. It's like $20 and then you can roll up your sleeves and feel cool if you want to. But
0: I mean, it's kind of your, your personal preference. Yeah. Why would you say go with blue instead of black?
1: Oh, I, I actually would almost never recommend buying a black suit. That's, that's, that'd be my, that'd be my, my first, uh, sort of color, uh, piece of advice is black suits are uh, super narrow w- where it's appropriate to wear a black suit. Um, and I would say, you know, nightclubs, nightclub bouncers, maybe, uh, a driver sort of scenario if you're driving a limo, um, or funerals, but outside of that, it's very, very rare in a professional environment that you're going to see a black suit unless the dude knows what he is doing. Um, uh, because it usually, it just looks like you're uh you're a mortician or something like that. You're the help. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're the help. So so I would always go with, uh, if you want to go towards the black scale, I would go with a, like a dark charcoal, um, something that can functionally be kind of more of a gray or, or not. But um, when you wear black, you're limiting things like your shoes. Shoes, I, I wouldn't wear anything other than a black shoe with a black suit. Um, now I would, of all my shoes, I would say probably 96% of them are, are brown. Um, so, you know, the, the environments where people are wearing black shoes or black boots and everything like that are fairly narrow, uh, the environments, at least today where people are wearing brown shoes is most, most things, you, you know, wearing jeans or wearing chinos or suits, usually they're going to be pretty, they're going to be brown. So if you're going to invest in a good pair of shoes, like a good pair of, uh, you know,
0: dress shoes or, or shoes like that, um, I would always say go Brown. Yeah, no, this black suit thing is a thing because I always have, I get, I see details where like black suit, white shirt, black tie. And I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, or look, I you see, look like the
1: help. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, and, and it's usually a bigger detail where we are kind of like a bigger squad doing like help yeah. stuff um, or augmenting another team or something crazy. Um, I, so I have Grayman or one of my sponsors, Grayman and company are one of my sponsors, mm-hmm. and they make amazing suits for yeah. what we do and i need to do a review they just sent me their new shark skin and i've had this issue we did an episode a few in the beginning of the podcast and we were talking about suits and da, da da and i was like how come you guys don't offer a black suit because i have everybody the second i said gray man was on the block everybody's hitting me up like yo how come they offer a black suit like i need a black suit and i personally try to stay out of black suits for the same reasons because i know yeah. it you're the help if you're in black, you know. Um, yep. But and then I always feel bad because I see all the same time. I usually wear like dark charcoal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and uh, you know, but well, and charcoal
1: is so thing. much more versatile than black. Absolutely. And black yeah. starts narrowing down when and where it's actually appropriate to the wear that. Um, and so, I mean, it, there there's great times to wear it, mm-hmm. but uh, but you can't even wear it. Let's say your client goes to a black tie event. Mm-hmm. You you really shouldn't wear your black suit to a black tie event because that's going to stick out like crazy. I mean, the, the levels at which a tuxedo versus a black suit, really almost any black suit, it's going to look just light years apart. I mean,
0: it sticks out. Yeah, absolutely. It's like absolutely. That that's what you said it best. If you're going to wear a black suit, you better do it right. It has yeah. to look so good. You're obviously somebody. Is like the yeah. only way. yeah. I mean, like that's how you got to do that um man that's good Gouch. so shoe selection uh, are there any brands that are more comfortable than others that you want to talk about or
1: um you know it, we're still on this thing so shoes, selection. tie selection okay so i have mixed feelings about ties in our in our industry and i'll, I'll get to that in a second but shoes uh-huh. I, I absolutely love uh shoes dress shoes and boots and, and all kinds of things um if you're going for boots i'm going to plug somebody who's not in any way sponsoring me i just think they have a phenomenal product uh thursday boot company thursday boots thursday. they're they're about two hundred dollar uh, a pair of boots and okay. they will last That's forever good. they yeah they're two hundred dollar pair of boots and they'll last not only forever but they're made to the same quality as a lot of the handmade um shoe companies me, and stuff like that so i mean hands down my personal favorite uh shoe company um, for dress shoes not for just casual shoes um, mm-hmm. is Allen Edmonds. Allen Edmonds is one of three, um, sort of classic American handmade shoe companies. And they've been around forever. I think since the twenties or something like that, but they have boots, um, and they're, they're beautiful boots. I'm, I'm actually wearing a pair of their boots right now, but those are stupid expensive. They're, you know, a pair of their boots is going to be like, you know, three, $400 easily, uh, unless you get it like some black Friday sale or something like that. Thursday okay. boots on the other hand and i have a couple pairs thursday boots they um they're made of the same quality i honestly could not tell you the quality difference between the two i'm handling touching them wearing them Mm. but they're drastically cheaper and they will last you forever and you can um you can resole them if you you know destroy those things as long as the the uh, what we call the upper the the leather part of the top of the shoe as long as it doesn't
0: have any holes in it they can fix those up to basically brand new Outstanding and that, yo, y'all, like real game. Like, I have about four pairs of boots, and I just basically just get them resold, refurbished, and they are lasting me. I mean, they last me years and years and years and years and years and years. Uh, so getting a good pair of boots for a good price is ultra good. And then don't throw them away, just take them and get them refurbished, unless like some part of the leather is like pierced or irreparably damaged. You got a pair of shoes for a long time.
1: There's, um, Alan Edmonds, I always plug them, talk about them, and everything, but there's some of the style forms that I'm on online. And they have like guys have their fathers or grandfathers, uh, Alan Edmonds from like the 40s that they have kept up and they just sent them back to Alan Edmonds, they had them redone and everything. I'm talking like 50-year-old shoes that are just oh, pristine. Man. Yeah. These they lie if you get a good pair of shoes. And that's kind of like the the value proposition, right? Is that yeah, you're mm-hmm. paying you know three hundred dollars for a pair of shoes, but it can literally last you until you die.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That's yeah. that's the way we wish everything was. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you were meant you were saying that you were a little torn about ties. Oh, ties. Yeah, considerations so I, on ties.
1: I, I I hate the idea of having something around my neck that somebody can grab. I mean, <laughs> if, they, if they grab a collar, they, you know, it'll pop a button. You know, So the other side of it is like, okay, well, we're a, uh, a clip on tie. Well, clip on ties are, are okay. You know, I mean, (laughs) you can, you can get, you can get a good clip on tie. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they, they are out there, but my problem is, is that like, if something, if you move wrong or something happens and something pops out and it's like,
0: I mean, you look, like a your clip you know, on tie sport. guy now yeah yeah yeah
1: so so i'm super torn i don't have actually don't have any solutions for this one it's one of those like just calculated risks if, if i'm going to be wearing a tie i'm wearing a tie like this is part of my life now mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> but but that's it's one of those things that always bothers me that the fact that you're putting a leash on yourself and you know yeah. should something come up i mean now now that's an advantage
0: yeah. The one thing some OGs taught me back in the day is at least take the back strap, the part that they can use to tighten your tie up and choke you out and tuck it underneath your shirt. Yeah. So you yeah. at least make it so they can only get this part, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if,
1: yeah. if only the uh, <laughs> the henchmen and uh, John Wick knew that trick.
0: <laughs> right? Seriously. No, absolutely. Okay. So that was a little, you know, that was a good little hip pocket suit selection sure. course uh and you were so and i think i originally interrupted you you were saying you had you noticed this whole style thing when you first had to pick out a suit
1: yeah uh well okay so i I started learning about uh style through suits and then i started realizing Mm -hmm. that there's there's if you go down the rabbit hole there's there's equally as much you know information stuff out there about everything um and i I really kind of whittled it down there's in the style community there's some uh discussions as to <laughs> excuse me there's some discussions as to the, the proper phrasing of this um but what i go with is um, the three things that the fundamentals of fit form and function okay so okay okay so between between the three of those so, so the fit that's going to be the most important thing you ne- always need to have stuff that actually fits you and fits you appropriately um, the form of it what's the style behind it Is it, you know, what are you, what are you wearing? What are you rocking? What are the colors and things like that? And then the functionality of it, uh, the functionality of if you're, you know, working all, you know, all day or whatever, and then you have to transition your lifestyle or whatever. I'm just gonna use this as an example. If you come home, you have kids and you go straight from home or from work to home. I mean, if you're dressing it, dressing yourself every day, having that be functional, if you can like live in both, both styles of your life or both, you know, factors of your life. Mm -hmm. so trying to be functional with that kind of thing If you go to the work side you you know when you're moving from venue to venue if you're going from let's say a a dinner to a monday night football game or something like that Mm -hmm. and you're with your client having something that's functional that if you really need to uh you know you can you can wear a blazer a sport coat at at dinner you can drop that into the car toss on a jacket and now you're more appropriate for the uh for the the Mm -hmm. monday night football crowd or, or whatever so having something that's functional every single day that you're wearing. um, It's actually the reason that I transitioned away from a more formal look, uh, like sport clothes, blazers and stuff like that, and went to kind of more of a a rugged sort of uh, style archetype, we could say, because it it started popping up more and more functionally in my life that I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of ridiculous that I have to drop my blazer for this or I have to change this for this. I just kind of found a uh, common thread where I could elevate my style, elevate whatever it was that I was wearing, but also have it be more casual and have it be a little bit more um more functional in my day-to-day sort of walks of
0: life more kind of versatile and um nah man i agree with you 100 like i before my day starts i'm thinking about layers i'm thinking about venues i'm thinking about possible places where i might end up and how i want to be literally on this scale and it's like going out on a mission in iraq it's like yo can be like hot as heck during the day, but by nighttime, it's going to be freezing, bro. (laughs) You have to have your layers like dialed in, you know? So, uh, I do the same exact thing, man. Like, and I, I will go with like, multiple like i'll actually like actually turns out to be layers like i'll throw a jacket in the car just in case i need to th- throw on a yep. sports coat for later i'll throw on like a nice coat it's not a blazer but it's like a nice yeah. slick looking jacket i'll have like a vest I'll actually be rocking vests a lot i i, I feel like i'm like yep. no one rocks vests anymore it's like it's like this like game you know it's like this lost art you know but i love vests um yeah. <clears throat> with like a you know a tighter underneath, yep. um, you know, and then using your button downs for like the concealability that layers give you and stuff like that. So yeah, that whole like forethought of your venues. <coughs>
1: well, and so, so talking about layers, talking about layers and carrying. So, um, yeah. you know, some guys carry every single day, uh, in mm. all environments or whatever the case is. And what do, what do we do? We wear a, an untucked shirt, toss your, uh, toss your shirt over as a covering garment or whatever. And there yeah. you are. Well, when you have layers, when you when you open yourself up to different layers and stuff like that, even thin layers. I know in uh, California or in the summer we'll say it's, it gets warm and people don't want to you know wear layers and whatever the case. So there's options yeah. out there to <coughs> both have. Let's say, I mean, let's say that the look is going to be better if you're tucked in, if your shirt is tucked yeah. in, but you're also going to be carrying. I mean, boom, layers are taking care of you right there because you you can both have the style and the elevated sort of look of having your shirt tucked in and also be carrying or, or, having whatever gear that you need or want, uh, they're, you know, easily accessible. So, I mean, it kind of, it gives you some options whenever you kind of do different things.
0: Yeah. 100%. Um, and I like, I like also what you said is you, you found a style that has a versatility built into it, Yeah, which is also, that's like, that's approach. To it. <laughs> uh, well, the, you,
1: you mentioned a uh, style and I mean,
0: Specifically, my my
1: style and one of the things that I got a lot of crap for for a while. They're like, "Oh, well, I'm not a fashion guy like you. I'm not a fashion guy," and and I started having to explain the difference between fashion and style. And okay, fashion, okay. Okay. fashion is is literally art. It is art to be worn. It's seasonal. Uh, people will will come out with it, whatever their their line is for this year and everything. And the things that you saw on the runway as those visual physical pieces of art uh, in 2008. You you don't see today. You you don't no. see them for five years. You might see them like ten or twelve years from now because there's probably at a a twenty year sort of cycle where you know right now uh, super light um, uh, light denim jeans are they're coming back around right now. And That's the late nineties. So you see that cycle where all the old styles come back retro and and everything. But in general, fashion is art to be worn. Uh, style style is communication. It's it's the it's a, it's another side of who you are, and it's a way of you projecting uh, everything ahead of time. Now, style everybody has style, um, and there's obviously different levels of it. Like for instance, I could not rock your style. Like the thing, the, the the personal Byron uniform that you wear day in and day out, I couldn't rock it. But on the other side, thank you, could, couldn't couldn't rock mine. So it goes <laughs> it goes it goes in both directions, where your style has to be authentic to who it is that you are, and it, there's a thread that talks about. Essentially, it, it it all matters and it all comes together. Uh, I have this phrase that everything counts. Um, when I was in grad school, I had a professor, and he had he used that phrase, and I kind of stole it from him. But what he would talk about is he would say that everybody has a scorecard under their name, and okay. for better or worse, your scorecard is reflecting everything that goes on in your life. You showed up late to this interview, or you uh, didn't pay you know pay a full tab, or or something like that all those things factor into who it is that you were uh who it is that you are and people notice and so what he would say when you know somebody would show up late or somebody would kind of be banging away at their computer while he's doing his lecture and uh you know he'd ask him a question and they uh, uh uh i don't know he'd be like, <laughs> he, he would just put his hands up and say everything counts and then he'd move on to the next person so i stole that and i i kind of just looked at it as like my life mantra of everything counts like the, the the For better or worse, the things that you do, the things that people see you do, the time that you didn't respond to that email and, you know, it fell off and you forgot about it. Like everybody factors that into all those things that you, you know, that they see about you.
0: This is outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> this everything counts thing is so good. I love it. I love it. I'm going to be talking about it on, on social media. I'm going to make some of that. That might even be like the tagline for this for this interview perfect that's true it. that's fantastic man heck yeah uh, what are common mistakes you see guys make in the field <clears throat> when it comes to the style game like you know what are the, what are the common pitfalls they're common because a lot of people make them and I see if we can illuminate them and kind of help that okay. Um,
1: okay so the first thing and I, and I kind of hit on this in the in the fundamentals is uh, the fit the fit of your clothing is probably mm-hmm. the number one thing that people mess up on they wear shirts that are too long, or or uh, yeah. pants that you know are, are too baggy, or whatever. Um, maybe not dressing for their body type. Um, I have I have a couple little charts that I've um, I you know have just had forever to, because you know people ask me different style advice and stuff like that, and I have to consult like okay, well, what's their body type? And um, actually, to back that up on fit, that's probably the first thing that everybody should do. Stop. Take a hard look in the mirror, <laughs> yes, and fi- and figure out exactly what you got going on there. Because yeah. what I hear, uh, what I hear more often than not, is people say I mean, they're, they're like, "Hey, we help me go shopping and blah blah blah." Which, by the way, low key, secretly love.
0: But oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's, I thought you were about to be like, "Don't ask me to take." <laughs> okay? No, I, I, I,
1: I love it. I'm like, I'm like, we're gonna go shopping. Let's do it. Um, Turn it into we'll a side be-
0: business, man. Start ch- charging right. hourly. Huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> What's your budget? Um, yeah. So.
1: So I'll go shopping with people and everything, and the, one of the first thing that I always hear is, "Is oh yeah, but I, you know, I just started working out again, so you know, I'm gonna you lose some lose some pounds or whatever." And yeah. what I always have to tell people is, like, you need to lose like a viral video amount of of weight in order to have your actual body type change. So I'm talking, you're going from like a 240 pound dude to like 180 pounds. 50, so it yeah. has to be <laughs> it it has to be something that's like drastic, and people are gonna be sharing it all over the internet. So take a look in the mirror, accept what you have, you have going there. There's your palette and Mm -hmm. just work with it. Yeah. But think about celebrities. How many, how many thicker celebrities do you see or how many really, really petite celebrities that you see that don't dress well? Very few. I mean, because what they do is they have stylists or maybe they have their their own education, have their own style about them. uh, And they will dress to their body type and they will dress as accurately and cleanly as possible. So for instance, um the different body types, let's say you have like a what's called an inverted triangle. An inverted triangles where you have a body type that is, where you have kind of slouchy shoulders, you have a thicker, a thicker waistline, maybe thicker hips or or whatever the case is. Wearing the right style of jeans for that um i mean people will automatically say oh we'll go for super super loose fitting jeans because i'm a big guy and everything well no, probably not you want to go for a little bit slimmer of a silhouette there so go with either uh, regular or relaxed fit but don't go for loose fit if you're going to go for loose fit i mean that's going to be the, the guy who's genuinely is like he's, he's pretty uh, pretty overweight there and yeah. the loose fit is not going to be the um go to for i would say really for anybody hefty. in our in in our industry because i mean we, people have to be in shape to be able to be protectors and stuff like that. If you're, if you're a liability from the beginning, I mean, that's, that and oh, that stuff's going on. But, but yeah. So, I mean, just knowing your body type and saying like, okay, well, I'm, I'm more of a square my shoulders and, and hips are, are, you know, about, about the same, uh, same size. So I can get a pair of jeans that actually complement that rather than going super skinny. Cause I think that that's what I, what I want to be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dress to your body type. I, I for sure have to, like, I have like these thighs, man. And so like for me, finding jeans is a, is a thing. I usually have to get a bigger waist than uh, my waist, but in order to get, get it right now, they're starting to, they've really gotten it right. 5.11 actually has some fantastic jean options. In my opinion, they have some like slimmer fit. Actually, they're tapering a lot more of their mm-hmm. cargo pants yep. for all you cargo pants guys. <laughs> you know. And uh, there's stuff, you know, but nothing against it. Like I rock their stuff too. Um, but they're tapering well, them more. They're being more responsible with those shapes. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say with that, two things that I would tell you for, for larger thighs, um, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to want to go a little looser on the waist and then tailor it in. And yep. piece of advice for everyone out there, find a good tailor. Don't go to your local cleaner uh, because mm-hmm. they, they say they can do tailoring. Find a good tailor in your area and go to them, build a relationship with them and yep. you know, bring their stuff consistently to them because they will take care of you so well. Uh, the yeah. other thing, because you're, you have the, uh, you know, you got large thighs, you, you do a lot of squats, get your, you get your pants a little bit longer than you need to. Okay. So like, for instance, I'm, uh, about a 30 inch inseam, but I get 32s. And then I tailor every single one of them up. The reason is, is because it drops that crotch just a little bit and it gives you just a little bit more room in your, uh, in your thighs. So it makes it a little bit easier to, uh, to move around oh, wow. and, and live in. Um, and the other oh. thing for, for thighs, Look for about one to three percent elastane in your jeans. Every yeah. single place, every single place will will say in it the percentage. Uh, and when you shop online, or it'll be on the uh, on the tag. But always look for one to three percent elastane. If you start getting past three percent, they start being like, you know, what are the jeggings. Tight. Yeah, <laughs> but, but try to try to try to go for one to three percent. It's going to be enough stretch, just enough little flex there that it works, but not enough that it kind of looks ridiculous.
0: Oh, nice. bro! tips, man. I, that's what's up. I was rocking Lululemons for the longest, bro. Lululemons and uh, uh, what was my man's name? 5'11 made like a golf pant, which was like the answer to the Lululemon golf pant, yeah. but it's like more rugged and it's got pocket. I think it's six and eight in case you need to yeah. drop a magazine in there, which is a perfect cell phone pocket. It's like right, you know, in between your hip pocket and your, your front pockets. Um Man, that's some good gouge, man. That's solid. That's that's ultra technical too. No, I dig it. Cause the for, pants thing for, you gotta have that right. What's up?
1: I was gonna say for pants, um, check out uh bonobos. Bonobos has a really good line of um semi stretchy denim and semi stretchy um uh, chinos. And so for okay. everyday wear, for everyday uh, you know, pants, stuff like that. Um another one's gonna be Mot and Bo,
0: Mott and Bo, M O T T and Faux. Okay uh i'm putting all these down in the in the notes so everyone will have access to these once this thing kicks
1: also sorry if i you know no, jack anything up sponsor wise i don't i'm just throwing uh names no, out there could, dude. Cool. this is
0: fantastic we're all yeah no man we're we're abundance minded what would you say about shirts i've been looking for a good place to get like a tailored tailored shirt for like you know like that'll for dudes do you know of any good companies that do like tailored shirts or like make nice shirts with a little bit of stretch in them but still like professional? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're, Okay, so the first one's going to be Proper Cloth. I love Proper Cloth. Huh. Um, okay. They they do tailored shirts both uh, casually and uh, and for dress shirts. Huh. And then another oh. one's going to be store, tailor Store. T A I L O R, Store. Okay, Taylor, so, Store. And both of them are going to go straight off of measurements. So they're gonna they're gonna show you how to measure or how to do the different parts of, of their style sort of system. And then they'll they'll just start cycling. They'll create your own size, and then they'll they'll send you stuff. They're pristine. and I don't know that I've ever had to have anything re altered or anything like that. So th- those who are
0: really good. And this is online based.
1: Both of them are online based. Yeah.
0: Boom! That's yep. what's up. That's good. That's good stuff, man. Heck yeah. For then,
1: if you don't want to go tailored, and hmm. so tailor's obviously going to always be a, a little bit higher price point. You're looking at hundred, you know, hundred dollars for a shirt. But yeah. you know, if you outside of that, if you buy a decent shirt and take it to the tailor and have $20 tailoring, it's going to end up mm-hmm. being about a hundred bucks anyways. So yeah. both of those are going to be about hundred dollars a shirt. If you uh, are not going to go the tailor route, try Mizzen and Maine. Um, I actually can't spell it right now, but Mizzen <laughs> and Maine is, uh, is a really good company. They have a little bit of flex to, to their stuff. They they're like a technology based um, company where they use just a slight blend of synthetic and cotton and so, so the um, just get nerd out a little bit on the synthetic and cotton thing. I um, when you when you go too far into the synthetic side, you have to be really careful about how you how you clean them, how you iron them, and everything. If you have just a little bit of uh, of a synthetic blend in there, then you're fine. You can iron it without worrying about them uh, puckering or or uh, burning or anything like that.
0: Wow, it's like the style professor up in here, man. That's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> Good to go. Um, if you're gonna talk about a time you've seen this style thing have a negative outcome in the field, what would you say?
1: Uh, well, I, I can talk about myself because I've done it. Myself.
0: Yeah,
1: I have uh, overdressed, overdressed for a situation where I, I'm thinking like, like, okay, here's you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk in and, and just be my guy, and, yeah. uh, and that's one one of those when keeping it real doesn't doesn't work or whatever that that story is. Um, so basically I just came in overdressed. I realized very quickly that hey, like I gotta I gotta drop this sport. Coat. I <laughs> yeah. you know, this is, I, I'm looking like a goon in here. Um I didn't go tie I didn't this. go the tie route, but it okay. was in Silicon Valley where and it was probably my first or second time down there, uh, where I, I kind of looked around and realized, all right, well, everybody else is in t-shirts and I have a sport coat on. Like this is not working no. though. Yeah. Um the other thing, the other time was um I was going to a dinner, I knew I was dressed appropriately, we'll say, for the for the um, uh, venue and everything. The problem mm-hmm. was, so I rock pocket squares, and it, do you know what a pocket square is? Sorry, I think, like a, <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's like a thing you put in your pocket, right? I don't, yeah, so so
1: it's. I it's know a, it's what it a, is, a,
0: but it's 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 still coming up.
1: It's a, it's put, a it's a small accessory. Um, sometimes they're silk or linen or whatever, but there's yeah. a bunch of different ways to uh, to fold them. And it goes right. in the suit, soup, soup, uh, pocket, jacket, or, yeah, suit,
0: jacket. Yeah. Pocket. I like leave it in a square. I don't yep. need to. like, some dudes do these, like, awesome, like, pocket square paper mache dragons and stuff, especially down south in the hood. They yeah. be doing crazy with them things, but I just, it's like a little strip. That's all you see. Yep. So,
1: so that that's what I did. Uh, I, went to a, I went to a restaurant and had some triangle or something like that. And it was yeah. subtle, but it was still clearly out of place and it was one of those as soon as I kind of looked around for a second I'm stuffing it all the way into my pocket just to get it out of sight And so that's where I would say um you know it, it could be a, a pitfall of you you think that you're doing everything right in terms of your colors on point your fits on point everything you just look amazing and you walk into the room you're like I do not fit in right now and then yeah. you know then you gotta you gotta back off you gotta figure out how you kind of fix that that problem but um I would say more often than not, people are coming in under. Uh, but when you're trying to be conscious of style and stuff like that, the, the next pitfall is coming in over. And
0: and how you deal with that when you do come in over. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely, I haven't had, I haven't come in overdressed. I actually, I have I, I don't really have any too many negative. Uh, outcomes that i've seen i've seen a lot of guys come in underdressed when i'm like dude yeah. you gotta do better you know and some guys are just really averse to it you know and i'm just yeah. like this is gonna this can cost you if you don't figure it out you know um <clears throat> is, you know like, it's
1: funny because in the style community one of the, the biggest no-nos is uh-huh. wearing a backpack with any sort of uh suit yeah. blazer smart coat The so one of the biggest no-nos And there was a short period there where I felt the same way. Um, and, but then the, the full circle to that was you you gotta have your gear. I mean, there's only so much stuff you can do in a, in a one shoulder strap or, or whatever. Um, and I started realizing there there's, there's that functionality part of it. I mean, you can't just leave your bag in in the vehicle and you also can't just sit there and walk around like, uh, with it in your hand or, or whatever. It kind of looks ridiculous. So, figuring out a way that in the right environments to have that with you or have it, you know, backpacked, or, you know, having a a different bag option or whatever. But I mean, Hmm. there's going to be some kind some cases in our industry and in our line of work. I mean, you you just got to rock it. You just got to rock the backpack because you you need the gear that you need, uh, whether it's calm stuff, medical stuff, whatever it is, you need it with you and you need it handy and accessible. So, I mean, sometimes you're backed into a corner and that's just the reality.
0: And that's just what you got to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. These days I'm able to stay out of a suit. Yeah. Um <clears throat> quite a lot. Like I rarely get into one, but when I do get into one, I generally I have like a uh actually I have like a probably my latest 511, like one sling bag would be the only thing that I would use. It's like a single strap, uh kind of nice wide single strap would be the only probably backpack type deal I would throw on there just because you want to save those shoulders and like all that fun stuff, you know. Okay, so what would you say about um principles or tactics? when getting dressed as an EP agent?
1: Okay, so as the adage goes, uh, the time for preparation was yesterday, and today is too late. So, Outstanding. <laughs> so so what I would say for that is building your wardrobe uh, as an interchangeable wardrobe, or what is also called a capsule wardrobe. You have uh, a color scheme, just a general color scheme, that mm. for most people, for most uh, dudes, there are going to be focus in the uh, blues, grays, whites, maybe some black, or you know, if you're you know somebody somebody who rocks a lot of black, there you go, there there it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wear a lot of black, <laughs> but but then you have then you have your your accessory pieces, right? Where yeah. there's uh, there's some. Uh, I I rock a lot of green, so like a lot of uh, OD green, or if I if I'm really going for a big accent or something like that, I'll I'll rock red. So reds will be accents or whatever. Anyways, where I'm going with this is you have an interchangeable wardrobe um, of different items that all you have to do is basically close your eyes, grab a couple things, put them on, and it looks good. And there's a lot of tactics and, and techniques about how to do that. Um, basically talking about your layering, whereas your, your base layers should be thinner. They should be closer to your body. Uh, when you get to the mid layer, it's going to be a little bit looser and then your jacket layer or whatever, it's going to be whatever jacket you kind of need for that. But the more you kind of align your entire wardrobe, when you're buying one more piece, the easier it turns into like, well, I have literally 250 options. If I just close my eyes and grab three things. Yeah okay so that would be that'd be my first tactic is that's good is to, that, to and i can i can probably give you a couple of good links for uh how to build a capsule wardrobe yeah let's do that yeah, toss that in there um next thing is clean your shoes like if you clean your shoes today tomorrow when you're walking out the door you can just toss them on and they look good uh people will wear sneakers and they you know they have the the white soles around them and stuff like that and they just look dirty. So yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> clean them, clean them when you take them off. Clean them the night before, something like that. Um, and then when you are closing your eyes, grabbing three things, and in the dark, put them together, and you look good. You can do the same thing with your shoes and just grab them, toss them on, and go. Um, but that's kind of one of those very force, gumpy sort of things that you can tell a lot about somebody by their shoes. Like that's but legit. And if a you lot. look, you can tell so much about them.
0: <laughs> it's the truth. It's yeah. like when you're in the club and you're like, yo, and you look at them girls' feet, it tells you a lot about breezes by their feet, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's an old school tactic. We used to use, like, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Hey. Them toes, man. At any anyway, rate. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So we're picking out in wardrobe in the executive protection industry. I like what you said about the color palette. Mm-hmm. I struggle with this to be honest with you because I just always want to wear black. It's like all I ever want to wear. Yeah. Uh, so like I have but, like. But that, that's okay though in-
1: because that's part of your that's part of your personal uniform. Yeah. So everybody has as their style their co- sort of personal uniform. When when you have no idea what you're going to wear today, you grab a couple of things that you know are just your go to stuff, and that's essentially yeah. your uniform. And so rock black is just kind of
0: your thing. So it's part mm-hmm. of. The Byron signature, you know? Yeah. That's funny. Cause I was talking to my, I was like, dude, I was like, you got to start wearing some other colors. And the other side of me was like, bro, this is just how we roll. And then the other side of me was like, if you weren't doing protection work, would you be wearing black every day? I'm like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, well, then we're just going to get really good at this. You know what I'm saying? We're going to get real good at this.
1: Okay. So when you're not working, when you're not yeah. working and you're wearing black on black on black, there's a couple things that you can do to Ooh. toss in a little bit of color, toss in okay. a little bit of, of something else. And it just kind of gives you a little accent, yeah. little accents. right? The first one is your watch. Okay. So my watch, uh, and most watches really, you can just interchange the, um, band. The, the band. I mean, it's super simple. Essentially all you do.
0: Yeah. you And you get that little pop, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Well will pop a, just it
1: off and it, it makes it makes it so much easier to just toss in a little bit of red like I said I, I wear a lot of a lot of uh, blues greens grays and then I have boom red on my wrist and that's just kind of my my way of of elevating my my outfit elevating whatever it is that I'm wearing just a little bit just enough mm-hmm. that it shows that I, I put thought into it and that I was yeah. uh, you know ahead of the game rather than I like, grabbed whatever watch with whatever band that I happen to always have
0: Mm-hmm. no there's a real like if you're an observant person you can really thin slice somebody's level oh, yeah. of attention to detail and professionalism by looking at their clothes i can do it like i i will depending on your time management skills and the way you're dressing and your linguistic choices i'm pretty confident usually i'm pretty understanding about a person's like about their efficiency effectiveness and a lot about the personality after a few minutes i'm like okay cool <laughs> you know everything counts Everything stinking counts, man. I love that. I love that. That's, that's, that's come. I'm gonna take that with me now. Thank you okay. for that one. That's a good one, brother. Um, all right. So you're getting dressed. You've got a palette. You've got like a, a, a you've got things that you can grab. We're, ta- we're paying attention to all the little details. What would you say about knockoff? Is there anything you want to say about getting dressed in executive protection?
1: Um, no, I mean, it's, it varies so much principle to mm-hmm. principle and environment to environment. So, do, you know, you, we do advances on, uh, you know, every venue on every detail and everything. Like yeah. when you do it, pay attention to, to the world that you're walking into, you pay attention to what the staff are wearing, what the, uh, the, baseline. The, the patrons are wearing and stuff like that. Figure out where that baseline is, where, you know, how appropriate it is that you should be wearing whatever it is. So just incorporate that into your part of your advance, um, mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. Yeah, like a style uh, but, baseline for the advance. Go ahead. But knockoff watches, you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> that is one of those things that... Um, I, so I, I, I really like watches. I don't know a ton about them, and it's one of those things I'm starting to learn. Um, but a knockoff watch, more than anything else, it destroys credibility. Like, because if you think a lot about...
0: A lot of layers, a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: um, so for instance, our, our clientele. Our clientele, if they happen to be a watch person they know what your watch is. They're going to see it out of the corner of their eye and they're going to be like, you know, that's this and this watch and, and it has this action or whatever the case is. So yeah. if you have like a, um, a Rolex Submariner, Rolex Submariner is an automatic watch. It has a, um, a, a certain mechanism on the inside that shows the second hand moving in a certain way. And if you have a knockoff watch, it's probably not going to be an automatic. It's probably going to be ticking, tick, 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 tick. And your client, should they happen to see out of the corner of your corner of their eye they're like that's a submariner but it's it's not an automatic like what's going on there (laughs) yeah so it 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 looks like you're cutting corners it looks like you're just kind of you know trying to polish a turn so to speak you know so so just be authentic be be the person that you are if you can't afford to have a ten thousand dollar watch sitting on your wrist every day don't buy one don't pretend to buy one get a decent yeah. decent watch i rock a seiko myself mm-hmm. um get a decent watch that's going to be both look good as well as be super functional and nobody's ever going to turn around and be like oh well he's trying to you know front or, he's trying to do that mm-hmm. nobody's ever going to question and we're like i like your watch and i get a ton of uh ton of compliments on a 200 hundred dollar
0: watch i mean it's just yeah. kind of the, you know it's, it's just it's just being authentic being who you are Uh, 100%, I couldn't agree more. This is my one like tactical kind of tactical piece of gear. Like usually I stay away from these types of things, but like the Garmin Phoenix five is what I got Beautiful, and it does all kinds of cool things. I really, the real reason I got it is because all my dudes who really like are like gear dudes, like know their stuff all had it. And then I went, to israel and i was working with like some shin bet dudes and they all had them and then i like went somewhere else i saw and i was like this is the cool watch i want it just because everybody had it i don't know half the things it does but it gives me some really good data about just my heart rate my steps and like everything that i'm doing that's really what i enjoy the most about it um but which this is i'm sure is a style no-no if i go into a nice venue i got a classy face i just put on <laughs> i can just turn beautiful. it on. <laughs> beautiful so like i'll just put it on like bright link right quick and just walk in and be like you know, <laughs> dang, i got my digital bright link on don't worry about it i and, love uh, it uh i got real watches in the you know over there for when we put on a suit but uh um, <laughs> yeah man this is my everyday one that's what's up um what did you what would what would you say? Okay, so there's something I've seen out there in the game.
1: Sure.
0: Um, have you had any run ins with the five eleven suit? The five eleven oh. uh like uh, you know, guys just like throwing a, a jacket on over uh some five eleven cargo pants. Like, is that a thing? Like, can we do this? What would you say about that? Yeah, so
1: that? so I, I saw that I saw that once. I actually so had like five
0: eleven cargo
1: pants. Yeah.
0: A suit on you
1: know yeah no i i saw that once and uh they the the person didn't even think there was anything wrong with it and they're yeah, they're at a client's cool. house they have the um external external uh cargo pockets on their uh on their pants and everything and i told them like hey unsure about the dress code i know historically what what it was going to be um yeah. bring it bring a jacket so you can kind of gauge it out and everything and so he rolled up in cargo pants and he kind of looked around for a second, tossed on his, his sport coat. He was uh-huh. good to go. I, I swung through there um, a little while later and it was, that was a no go. actually, yeah. I had um, gotten a complaint from the, from the principal and yeah. I mean, completely warranted. I, I mean, I can't defend it at all. I uh, got a yeah. complaint from the, from the principal. And um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things you have to kind of, kind of massage out in the situation. But in, in general, I mean, Something like that's going to skyline a person, especially right. when it's out of place or when there's a certain expectation on the on the right. client side or or whatever. Um, and they could have done everything else right, done that one thing wrong, and they look incompetent. So I mean, that's that's one of those things, kind of like a like a, a knockoff watch or whatever, destroys credibility, even if you're yeah. doing everything right.
0: Yeah. And the thing that gets me about this type of stuff is it's ultra understandable. You may have been overseas contracting and this may have been something you could get away with like ultra easy. Yeah. But it's like you have to understand, like our culture as warriors and protectors and like all of these different things is usually not the culture of the people that we're protecting. And so there's this like Mm -hmm. you don't want to you just don't want to skyline that fact. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, yeah. You don't want to make the disparity more obvious. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it is cool that you've got a client that's like ultra, like, kind of from some part of where, you know, you are from as an operator. But a lot of times there's like this whole, like, we got to have the security guys around. There's yours around. You know, like, there's that stuff yeah. you got to deal with. So this only amplifies that uh, kind of cultural friction that we're already kind of trying to avoid. Yeah in the game so that's
1: have you ever done the uh, the little thought exercise of what kind of principle you would be
0: <laughs> all the time bro I mean it's I, I, th- I think about
1: that I'm like would I care yeah. like do I, I yeah. know that they care a lot about this thing and mm-hmm. I mean I get it's reasonable on both sides but I, I always go back to man would I care and I mean it really obviously it depends but at the same time it's like it's like I think I think you start getting into a different headspace when oh, yeah. every everything is kind of dependent on your own personal preference. Mm-hmm. I mean why why wouldn't you care? If you care a little bit, why don't you just care a lot,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know I I that's that's a fun thought exercise. So I'd be like, man, you know, like everyone like judges the client, I'm like, oh, I can't believe these people, you know. Yeah. And I'm always like, you don't know what you would be like, dude. Like if you were a <laughs> billionaire, you can do whatever the heck you want. Bro, you might suck to work for do you. I mean, like, yeah. like no one knows, you know, money's an amplifier, you know. So I oh absolutely it's a fun little exi- experiment, you know. Um, I think about it all the time actually. So closing questions, favorite quote or mantra, and you can drop that one on us. Okay. Another,
1: well, I, I actually have another. Project. So I have, yeah. I have a, a family motto. Um, oh. and, it, and it's, it's been kind of a thing for, for my family for a while, but, uh, I think it's super applicable in our line of work and it's be where your feet are. Um, okay. And and the thing is, is that like I would come home, you know, I'm I'm dealing with work, I'm you know long hours, whatever the case is, and I would yeah. come home and I'd be around my kids or, or wife and everything, and I'm half there and a half on my phone because I need to take care of this one last thing, of course, one 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 last thing, one one
0: one um, one 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 one, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And
1: so and so we, you know, at one point we we just had this little mantra: is be where your feet are. If you're here, be here. That's fine. If you have to step away and you got to go do work or or whatever, but. If that's where your head is at, that's where you are, or whatever. Then put your feet there. Um, and it goes tactically, that goes professionally, that goes personally. I mean, if you're tactically in a situation, be present, be there, be
0: where your feet are. I love that, man. Be yeah. present, you know. Yeah. Be present, especially as I'm learning as dads and husbands. Uh, it's like I don't get a lot of time with my you know wife and and my like family, you know, yeah. but. I, the feedback I keep getting is when you're here, you're here. And that's really what matters. The quality of the time you're spending is really what's ultra important. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm like, you guys good. Like you don't feel kind of, (laughs) and they're like, no, we're good. Just when you're here, you're here. So that's a good one. That's a real good uh, quote, man. How would you like to be remembered? I would say
1: as a mentor, as a teacher, um, and well, uh, obviously is the best dressed in the room Oh, <laughs> that's what's up,
0: mama, as the best dressed man in the room. I like that, man. That's what's up style. That's funny. Okay. Um, habit or that, you, that makes you a better person, better protector, or that you'd like to pass on to the audience.
1: Um, okay. So, uh, I'm a, I'm a little quote factory, right? Okay. Um, and, and general Mattis, James Mattis, the man. Yeah. He yeah, had he had a. So he had a phrase where he said, uh, "You can't be better than everyone and everything, but you can be smart. So you can be smarter. So hmm. keep reading." And so what I what I took from that is just always hustle. Uh, you know, always always be the guy that's trying to. You know get the next edge to to be sharper faster better or whatever it is because you can't be better than everybody at everything but you can always be smarter and the only way you can be smarter is by keeping you know keeping up working and working and working
0: yeah man that's fantastic fantastic i feel like a lot of people look at folks who are like at high levels and they think like they can't ever be there they can't ever get there they can't ever be those first people but like this kind of really speaks to that because like just keep on learning, you know. And then I always say, like, if you want to live a higher quality life, make higher quality decisions. If you want higher quality decisions, get higher quality information. Then we yeah. come back to the beginning where you're talking about the sum of your life is what, like the uh, the quality of your decisions and the probability of those outcomes. Yep. And then you start getting lucky. <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? it's, like, it's beautiful. It, it's just this cycle. It's this weird yeah. circle. And it's now a, it's
1: a cycle that that every time you come back full circle again, you're just a little yeah. bit further than you were a little yeah. bit higher, a little bit better or whatever. And it, it exponentially compounds when you keep, keep doing it, keep doing it year after yeah. year, you know, day after day or, or whatever it is that, that your little focus is on.
0: That's awesome, man. And progress equals happiness. Heck yeah. Um, so where are you, where can people find you? What are you up to these days,
1: my man? So, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, just my name, George Grant. Uh, you could find me on Twitter or on Instagram at EP underscore style guy. That's EP underscore style guy. Um, and then at com. Uh, that's I that's where I, where I hang my hat and where I, I go around to the mountaintops and tell everybody it's a place to be. So uh, you can find me there as well as all the other cool stuff that
0: we're doing. Heck yeah, man. That's what's up. And the links will be down below y'all to check out on my website, byronrogers.com. It'll uh, <laughs> be on the website. Yo, man, this was a good conversation, George. Thanks so much for coming and hanging with us. Like, I think people who listen to this are going to get a lot more out of it than they thought they would. Oh, yeah, thank and
1: you. I'm actually going to be following up with a lot of uh, different things on on you know blog posts and social media. I'm going to do like little um, tutorials on stuff, how to iron your shirt. Um, and, and things like that, because everybody thinks they know. Um, -hmm. but then there's, there's these little intricate tips and tricks that you can do to either be more efficient or just have it turn out better. So I'm going to do a bunch of those little things. And those things are kind of coming down the pipe, uh, pretty soon here.
0: So this style guy thing is like a brand that you're building.
1: It's, it's this little, uh, passion project that I I started, I started getting support from, um, from a few people saying like, you know, this is a really good idea. You should probably put the, put it out there. And at first, I was a little reluctant because I'm like, "How is that going to be received in the industry? Everybody's, yeah. you know, cool guys and and wants to do this, that, and the other." Yeah. I'm going to tell people how to iron their shirt, or, you know, specifically their collars on their shirt or whatever. Yeah, uh, no, no, this is this is needed. People want this, so I started doing it. I started recording videos, uh, which, by the way, I also learned not as easy as it looks. No, nope. uh, <laughs> once the light comes on, like it's recording, like things are happening and. You start. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, it just doesn't work out as well as you thought it was going to. I mean, we're all cool until the light comes on.
0: Yeah, dude, that's funny. I'm gonna send people to this EP style guy, dude. Perfect. Keep doing that. Get a website, man. Like, pff, I will make it into a new brand, bro. That's like, I if I would have, man. Like, people in the game. Like, and we'll close after this. But like, this is the best time in history to be in private security. There's so many opportunities and assets, like. You yeah. have companies that give you a whole package of health benefits. You got guys like the EP Style guy. You got conversations like this being had, you know, that you can just download for free. You know, uh, there's exit strategies. You got upward mobility. I'm glad to hear you're you're, you're kicking that project off because that's, yeah. I think it's much needed. Uh, I think it's huge. So, heck yeah, man. I want to commend you for that. That's nice. good stuff.
1: Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing what you're doing
0: uh, with this, uh, you know, the, the podcast as well as the
1: symposium and stuff like that. I mean, thanks, let's brother. say five years ago, it's you're talking about a very, very small industry that nobody's really talking to, you know, anybody outside of their little network that they ran into on this venue or that venue. And now mm-hmm. we're, we're starting to connect people at a whole nother level. So, you know, thanks that's for that. Me. And I think what you're doing, just putting your putting your, your word out there and putting everyone else's word out
0: there, too. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's great. A rising tide lifts all ships that are at sea. You got to be at sea though, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, How's sir. What's up, brother? Hey, man. This is good stuff, man. I'm glad we made this episode. Uh, thanks, George. No call problem. You. Anytime. Heck yeah. All right. Out. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com dot com, and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it, $1 a month. Five dollars a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executive lifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection, uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group, uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executive protection, If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers, And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So, Until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.